right, everyone. Welcome to Dom's Club, where I, your host, Dominique Mobley, interview groundbreaking filmmakers, television writers, authors, actors, comedians, and more. I'd like to welcome into the studio the uber-positive, superb Chris Robinson. Chris is a Grammy-winning music video director and an amazing commercial director who has worked with stars such as Erica Badu, Chris Rock, Eminem, Kevin Hart, Selena Gomez, Rihanna, and more. He has also directed films, including Beats, which is on Netflix now. All right, without further ado, let's welcome the award-winning director, Chris Robinson. Chris, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show. I'm very, very excited to talk with you. I guess my first question is, what inspired you to become a director? Mm, I think, um, you know, my initial inspiration that I was conscious of uh, was Spike Lee's book, She's Gotta Have It. Mm-hmm. Before I even saw the movie, um, I got the book. I sat down, started reading it, and I read it. It was the first book that I read cover to cover, you know, since, you know, any any time that I've been in, in school. So it was my freshman year of college, and I read it. Then I um, watched the movie. I think I actually rented it from Blockbuster and never gave it back. <laughs> so I was like on the, the most wanted list <laughs> at Blockbuster. But I, it was initially that, but I was always such a fan of the movies and going to the movies was such a big deal for me. Um, especially, you know, me and my dad spent a lot of times, a lot of time watching Jaws and, you know, uh, Smokey and the Bandit and these, you know, um, in movies with, that would be on TV that he knew from the 70s, like Uptown Saturday Night. So that, you know, movies always held a special place for me because they were always like such an event. And I mm-hmm. didn't really know that that's something that I wanted to do until I got to college. Was Spike Lee your favorite director growing up? You know, I, I didn't really have a favorite director because I didn't really understand anything about directors or how movies were made. I just loved movies. So he was really the first director that I connected to the art. And then my world expanded. You know, in his first book, he had a list of his favorite movies. And then I went and I... I discovered all those directors and Francis Ford Coppola and Martin Scorsese. And, you know, then just, it grew for me from there. And, um, you know, it just, it, it just, I just immersed myself into the world because it just spoke to me in that way. That's amazing. And you've obviously been super, super successful. You directed award-winning music videos for artists like Erica Badu, for which you won a Grammy, which is really awesome. Um, and you also directed for Nas, Rihanna, Eminem, and directed high-profile commercials with stars like Selena Gomez, Kevin Hart, and Chris Rock. How have you found that directing for film and television has differed from directing commercials and music videos? Well, um, you know, listen, I think that I've been blessed to be able to um, touch so many genres 
and it's just been like a natural growth for me. Um, and I hope I'm going to answer this question the right way. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, you know, music videos was my entry point, and I really love that medium so much. It's like it, it, I, have a, I have a huge connection to music, just like I do to film, and, you know, I was living the world anyway, you know, buying every cassette every record at one point i wanted to be a rapper um i have i have a great story so one time they had a music video contest on a show called pump it up Mm -hmm. and it was a it was uh you know long before youtube it was a show that was local in los angeles but it, it was syndicated but they said hey i want everybody to uh they they put a thing out to the audience of we want you to remake the LL Cool J video booming system. So I got together with my brother. He was LL Cool J. We went down to Morgan State University, which was in Baltimore. Uh, I borrowed my dad's Jeep and we shot the video and we won. Oh wow! <laughs> it was crazy. But out of all the people in the country, you know, we shot it on the VHS camera. And, um, you know, I was so excited. So the prize was you actually get to go to New York City and meet LL Cool J and you get to meet his, his grandmother because the record was, <laughs> I'm going to knock you out. Mm, so we went up yeah. there with my brother and my best friend. We called the Amtrak. We went to New York. And this is, this is my story about just how I didn't completely know I wanted to be a filmmaker because of the time me wanting to be a rapper was even stronger in my soul. I really thought I was going to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. So we go up there, we meet them, we have this dinner at this really fancy place and, you know, just something out of my wheelhouse, but it was amazing. But in my head, I was like, okay, I did this video to get here to battle LL Cool J in a rap <laughs> contest. <laughs> here I am. Um, you know, with this great opportunity to meet LL and all the people at the record label, and I go, LL, I want to battle you. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's like, what a crazy human being I was at the time. <laughs> and LL was just so gracious, and he said, hey, man, listen, what you should do is get all these people's numbers and stay in contact with them. And it's some of the best advice I ever got because mm-hmm. the people who were running the contest at his label were like interns and really low-level, you know, assistants who grew to be the presidents of Def Jam mm. and grew to be the head of music video at these places. So we always had that moment where, you know, a guy from Baltimore and they, they kind of helped me discover New York and took me on the train and took me to parties, you know, it was the most amazing two days. And I got the most sage advice from LL who uh, showed mercy on me. Have you met oh, like LL Cool J again since, since that time? I've seen him um, more than a few times. Um you know, my daughter's mom uh, has been his stylist for 15 years. 
Oh wow. So we've we've kinda of hung out, you know, a few times. I I I never actually was able to shoot a music video with him. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is uh unfortunate, but I just always give him the credit, you know, for that, you know, for showing me love and realizing that I was just, you know, this young kid who didn't really know what was up mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. gave me great advice. That's incredible. That's so cool. Wow. That is a great, you said you had a story and that really was a great story. Um, do you have any other like dream collaborators that you'd want to work with? Dream collaborators? Yeah. Um, I've done a lot of videos for a lot of people that I've been a fan of and I'm really blessed and super satisfied with that. And as far as collaborating, uh, you know, it's, like I said, I've been blessed to do, you know, features. I've been blessed to do music videos, commercials, um, sitcoms, TV, and, you know, I've, I've got a, I have an awful lot of uh, my wishes coming true continually. So I don't necessarily have a, wish list of collaboration I mm-hmm. just want to be able to continue to, to have a creative spirit and uh, a spirit of uh, a spirit of collaboration in in everything that I do. That's really cool. So whenever you're putting together a project, what's your directing process like? It is about preparation for me and preparation really is also connected to the love of the project, the, uh, you know, the way that, you know, I discover it, whether it's reading the script or, uh, uh, you know, how you dig into that and relate it to your life. And I think that what I've, I've learned and picked up craft along the way and, uh, you know, it's it's been a learning experience. I learn something every time I do a project. But the one thing that I always realize is that no matter what you're doing, you know, if you're shooting a 30-second piece for Instagram or you're shooting a 60-second a, a commercial or... Mm-hmm. Uh, a feature film, you, at least me, I have to submerge myself into it completely. So with, 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 uh, you know, you know, you live it and you, you breathe it and you turn over all the stones and that's a whole part of falling in love with it, discovering it from a different perspective and just being true to your craft and putting in the work and the time. That's, yeah, I completely agree. That sounds, I mean, it sounds like a great process, and I definitely, I'm learning a lot from this. I think it's really cool to hear what you're having to say, so I know everyone else will. Um, so how did your job as a director on films such as Beats and ATL change from pre-production to production to post-production? Like, does this vary by medium, maybe like commercial versus music video? Well, no, I think, you know, like you said, between ATL and Beats, it's just, all those, all those pieces in whatever project you're doing, there is 
what's there at face value. Many times that's a script. But those are really just words, you know, and a storyline that you can follow. And then there is, uh, you know, what happens when logistics become part of it. Well, even before logistics, there's, there's, there's first the script, and then there's the wonderment of what your perspective is. Because if the same script was given to, you know, five directors, you'll get five different movies, right? Mm-hmm. It's how you connect to the material, how you see it, your vision. Vision is really important. And sometimes I think vision is, is uh, undervalued because, mm-hmm. man, David Fincher is going to shoot such a different movie than Steven Spielberg. Spike Jones, you know, is going to shoot such a different movie than, you know, Antoine Fuqua mm-hmm. because of people's sensibilities and their perspective. So, you know, it becomes that, right? And mm-hmm. then... There's, you know, logistics, which is which is a big circle of reality. How are we going to make this? Where can we make this? Who can we cast? Who's going to be able to, who's right for this? How do we connect the story? How do we tell this story? And uh, and then you're, you're dealing with that. And then it's the elements of location and tone. And how do I want this to feel? Does it feel a little funny? Is it cheeky? Is it mm-hmm. caricature? Is it what is it? And so you go through all these different levels, and it and it's like you form the perfect, as perfect as you can, you form the perfect thought process, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. do that to, to create a certain a certain confidence and a certain vision. And you also do it so that when you get there in the moment, you can throw it all the way. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you get there and, and the universe gives you something better, because sometimes you could prepare for years and you get there and the sun is doing something and the nature is doing something that you could never have imagined or written mm-hmm. or had the ability to wait for. And it happens. You know, so mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's just a beautiful craft, and you you know it's it's uh you know it's not a microwave. You mm-hmm. know, it's like a kitchen with a lot of cooks in it, and you're the head chef, and mm-hmm. you have to you know marinate that stuff from the day before and you have to brine it and you have to, you know, that's all that. Intro mm-hmm. and, and that's, you know, then when you get into post, you know, the, that's where your movie's made, right? And the edit mm-hmm. and then the, the, the levels in the edit of music and color and sound and the dog that's walking down the street and how that mm-hmm. makes you feel danger and the score and, you know, so all these different things are kind of a, uh, uh, to me, is how you pull all that those things together, and and as romantic as that all sounds, you have to be pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to lead lead a team, whether you have a crew of seven or seven hundred. You know, you have to be able to lead to get through it and be pragmatic. So I think being a director, being a filmmaker, is um, you know you lose you use a lot of different skills. 
but it's just such a beautiful art form. And, you know, listen, it's, it's not easy, mm-hmm. but who said it would be, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I agree. That's so awesome. Um, the importance of vision. I love, I love that. So what has the process been like for directing comedy specials, such as Yvonne Orji's forthcoming HBO comedy special? Like, is there more freedom much of the footage is from live events without actors? Well, I mean, it's different, you know. It's it's so different because that um, craft comes from the comedian, mm-hmm. right? I'm not in the room when they're writing the joke as a director. You're not there, you know, in the time when they were a kid and they formulated this, you know, many times through pain you know, come comedy. Mm-hmm. So you're not there for the early part. And and if you're lucky, you have some conversations, you you see some of their shows before you go to the show, you know, you go and see it live, you know, with Yvonne, I went to her shows in LA when she was on tour and understood where she would really hit night after mm-hmm. night when the audience would what the audience loved and her timing and when she would slow down and she would speed up. And so just understanding the play before the, you know, ball was snapped, you know, Mm -hmm. understanding where everybody's going to be. And then, you know, talking to her about, you know, her vision and what she wants and how she wants it to feel different because everyone's different. You know, Um, you know, once again, really fortunate, to be able to to work on comedy specials and award shows, but the difference with it is, it is uh, it's a an adrenaline adrenaline rush because mm-hmm. when you do this, you you prepare as much as you can, which is truthfully maybe if you're lucky a week, and mm. then when the green light goes on you're shooting that bad boy and mm-hmm. in two hours it's over and in two hours you go boom it's done and like you know for Yvonne's show we did two shows mm-hmm. and in the edit they'll cut those two shows together for the best moments and the best camera angles but you know that's the difference between um you know something that's taped or something that's live is you know we're, we're shooting a movie for three months and you know, we're, we're, it's a, it's fine. It's a fine tuned way to tell a story when you're doing something on stage that's live, that uh, the audience is participating in it. It, it all happens quickly. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big adrenaline rush and then it's over and you take a breath and you're at the after party and you mm-hmm. walk away and they give it, to, they give it to the editor and it's over. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a it's a different kind of a a process, but it's it's beautiful in its own right as well. Yeah, is is the editing process shorter for something like that because um, it's all in the same place, or does it take the same amount of time as any other project? No, no, you you could you know when you do a feature, you're uh you're in there for the long haul. You know you're mm-hmm. doing every every level for you know you could you know edit for a year. Mm. Um, which is part of the responsibility as directors to see it all the way to the finish line. When you, when you do something more like like this, it's more like, um, you know, you you don't really, most of the time 
you know, depending on the, the people you're working with, they, they respect your vision and, you know, the DGA gives you space to see and edit and comment on that edit, but it's a smaller amount of time. When you get into TV, this includes sitcoms and dramas, you know, that you're not sitting in the edit um, because it's more of a writer's medium. But mm, you get your okay. days in the edit to, to put your two cents in, so to speak. So mm-hmm. it's great working with people who you respect and, and you know, they, they really, you know, respect the director and say, okay, well, he said, you know, like if you have everything kind of marked off, like, oh, this is where he was going to do this. This is where they're going to do that. And, and it could represent itself in the um, edit. But great, there are really great editors who do these Grammys and Oscars and, um, and you know, well, those things are live. So there's really great directors. But mm-hmm. things that are shot that go straight to tape um, and then there's a bit of an edit. There's really amazing editors whose, you know, job it is to be focused and, and really get the agenda through for what I did but even more importantly, what the artist did. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so, like we like we discussed, you work in music videos, sitcoms, films. What draws you to a project? Mm. Well, you know, the truth is, when you first start, you work on anything. You know, mm-hmm. you need a wedding shot, a kid's birthday. I'm there. Let's go. <laughs> I want to tell the story with this camera. And I used to go, when there were record stores, I made flyers. And the way I got my first jobs was I put flyers. Need a music video? Give me a call. And, um, <laughs> you know, that, that was the, that's exactly how it happened. And I started getting calls from local, local people. And so I wasn't too picky about, what I could shoot because I just wanted to shoot, you know, I wanted to Mm -hmm. make great things and prove that I was great. Um, As you go through your career, that changes. Um, It, you get, you start understanding what you love to do. You start understanding what you could dedicate setting in a dark room in an edit for day after day Mm -hmm. that you do. And if you're, and if you're fortunate enough, you start choosing your projects that are a little bit more connected to your sensibility and your love, mm-hmm. which is, you know, thank God, this, that's a space that I am um, inhabiting. But, you know, it, t- it took a lot of time mm-hmm. to, to get here, not just to know, oh, well, you're this successful, so now... You know, you you still don't exactly, you know, get, there's probably 10 people on the planet Earth who get to pick whatever project they want, and mm-hmm. they still don't get final cut, right? Mm-hmm. So that just kind of tells you, you know, in this whole, on this whole planet, there's maybe 10 directors who are getting whatever they want, but you just, you know, you can, as you continue to move forward, you, you choose the things you love, and you know, and you put the effort into the to the pitch or you put it, if you're writing your own stuff, you put the effort into it 
and you just keep on pushing. So I think I think it's a long answer. I personally just choose from like kind of the gut and the heart, and like mm-hmm. it affects me, and I love it, and never really realizing that the things that I chose all these years are really connected to youth. Mm-hmm. And my son kind of uh, kind of made me realize it. He goes, man, you're like the black John Hughes. And I'm like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Because, you know, you, you think, oh, my heroes are Spike Lee and Scorsese. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the body of work and you go, oh, you did ATL. That was a coming-of-age story. Mm-hmm. You did New Edition. Oh, that's a coming-of-age story. You did mm-hmm. Beat. Oh, that's a coming-of-age story. <laughs> You know, you start going, okay, oh, you did you did the Wu-Tang Clan pilot. Oh, that's kind of a coming-of-age story, too. Like, so the, it, it seems as though for me to step back and look at it, look at the career of music videos, you know, that's a youth-driven business with music. You look at, uh, you know, the films that I've done and even the things I have in development, it's kind of that family... Um, thing, but you know, a little, a little different than than uh, you know. I don't, I don't know who I would 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 compare myself to, but you start looking at your career, and it kind of tells a tale about you. It becomes mm-hmm. a mirror, really. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is my thought process, right? You yeah. look at You start if you look at directors' stories and how they tell their stories it becomes a bit of a mirror and you see, see a piece of yourself in it. So mm-hmm. I think that's how I've maybe not consciously said, Hey, I'm only going to pick this, but where I've gotten to and the things that I love and dedicate myself to are kind of in that, that realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's super interesting. Do you, do you find yourself maybe being drawn to certain mediums over others? Obviously you work in a lot of different mediums, but is there anyone that you prefer in particular? Hmm. I think the medium of music video is one of the greatest and most creative, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'd love to do one every couple years. I wouldn't want to make my living at it mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. you you kind of you kind of, no matter what, as, as young as you want to be, uh, you know, and, and as, cra- as much of a craftsman as you are, we all have a certain um, connection to music that I believe is a real stamp when you're young. Mm-hmm. And a rabid, I want to be at every concert, I want to be at every small show and middle of Brooklyn down the alley to hear this artist that nobody has heard and that's the life I lived for so many years Mm -hmm. like I think that I was successful because I was in it I wasn't phoning it in I loved Mm -hmm. it in every fashion and I I say it's a great genre uh, or, or, or you know or discipline because of the creative freedom and what you can create and then how it affects people. Something four minutes long can affect people. Music does that. And to create visuals mm-hmm. for that is great. Now that I'm here, I'm about 
you know, what I find myself is I want to create things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it's not uh, just features, but features for sure. Things that I've written 10 years ago that um, the idea still, you know, won't leave me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I tend to write in spiral notebooks and I've got more, it, I'm like a spiral notebook hoarder <laughs> and I've got years of spiral notebooks and I go back and there's different ideas, but there are, there are similar themes to things. So I'm kind of in that zone. You know, I've got this idea in my head about a children's network for ki- children of color mm, who aren't mm-hmm. represented very well like in, in utilizing you know the skill level the, the people I know the celebrities that I know like in an effort to do something there now I wouldn't think that was never a dream I had in my whole career but you know I have a 13 year old daughter um you know, my, my son's getting, you know, more grown, he's mm-hmm. in his twenties, so I'm seeing I'm I'm living it, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing what's lacking and I'm like, you know what, this would be really cool. Like yeah. I would enjoy yeah. doing this. And you know, um so, you know, that's kinda where I'm at. I think I'm you, you get into a certain place because the one thing I believe that people should know is that you have to um, you, what what ends up happening is you're in college and mm-hmm. then you you do this and you wake up and I and and you wake up and you're about thirty seven and when you're thirty seven you go <laughs> holy holy shit I've really been chasing this for twenty years. Mm-hmm. That's a huge part of my life. I've chased this and wanted this longer in my lifetime than not. Right? Mm-hmm. So right when you said right now seventeen, and then you realize that this thing that we do, you dedicate your life to. Mm-hmm. And I and I see it in all different worlds, right? You know, if you're a truck driver, you know, you go, man, you know, oh that guy, you always hear like, man. He worked at the company for 30 years. Mm-hmm. You go, wow. I'd never be able to work in, in a warehouse for 30 years. I'd never be able to drive a truck for 30 years. But we look up and then we go, wow. I've been at this for 30 years. And you just hope that you've, 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 been truthful in this creative endeavor mm-hmm. and you feel you feel great about dedicating your life and mm-hmm. you don't have a certain animosity of what you didn't get to do and mm-hmm. for me I always have always you know you run into rough patches in this career you know it's it's you're doing something that not many people on the planet get to do and it's an amazing thing and always been so fascinated with it every morning that I woke up that even if I didn't get the gig that I wanted, I was definitely disappointed 
I'm definitely competitive, but mm-hmm. just knowing that I can put another idea in a spiral notebook and that there's the possibility mm-hmm. that it could happen is just, for me, the most liberating, uh, uh, life-fulfilling thing. I don't mean to get all serious about it, but I No, just, that's, like, I just, that's incredible. Uh, I love hearing, like, how like, grateful you are for all this and, like, how you, I guess, stay, like, optimistic. Um, you stay optimistic throughout your whole career. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. I Did think you... that's the word. Like, you, 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 each morning there's a possibility that something great can happen today, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, a, a, a gig or an opportunity or just a thought. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Yeah, that's so that's so awesome to hear. Is this is the desire that you mentioned to create your own things? Is that what inspired you to create your own filmmaking company, the Robot Film Company? Yeah, I mean, Robot's been around for a long time, um, you know. And early, you know, yeah, we were creating um, all of our own stuff. Videos happened which was a, a, a godsend, and that, that business got really serious. And, you know, um, the competition was high, the budgets were good, and, you know, there's a certain respect for that um, that, you know, seeped in Hollywood, too, because they started picking video directors to shoot movies, which is how I, I did my first movie. And, um, but now, yeah, I'm, I'm just in a zone. I'm literally in my office at home and I've got a whiteboard and mm-hmm. I've got about 20 projects that originate with us that are in different forms of development Wow! from feature film to, to scripted TV. And I'm like, wow, uh, I better start. <laughs> if I want to <laughs> knock this list out, I got to get busy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then there's other things on the board, like, you know, the the network I was telling you about, just like ideas, like mm-hmm. playing with ideas. And, um, you know, there's also some some things that I've been working on for years that are with studios, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know doing something with LeBron and and his company, um, <laughs> doing something with uh, Amazon about... Uh, you know, the fever, an old club where hip hop started, you know, working mm-hmm. with some friends that are writers that, uh, you know, some things that don't originate with me, but things that I'm passionate about. So, um, you know, it's, yeah, the, the front of the, um, the you know, the, the thing I want to do is at the top with the star next to it. And um, we're going to go until we make that happen. And then we move on to the next one. You're so great at creating things. Uh, what led you to create your Rockport organization? Um, actually, that was uh, a group of, that started with a uh, line producer friend of mine. And we've been doing videos for 10 plus years. And she went back to business school, put a little collective together of people in business school. And then they approached me because she knew me and my connection to artists. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was really something that I was looking for too. Like, how do we give back? You know, what can we do to change the world and the, the, and what we do? So we worked on it for years, and um, 
you know, really kind of understood that idea, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how does music connect to volunteering? And it Mm -hmm. came down to, like, you know, make it equal. And Mm -hmm. everybody's four hours. The one thing we all, the only thing we all have on this, in this life is time, right? The only Mm -hmm. thing that really matters is time. So your four hours is is, is as valuable as, you know, Brad Pitt's four hours. Like, that's the common denominator, Mm -hmm. no matter where you are, what station you are in life. And so we said, hey, four hours of community service, and you can earn a ticket to a great show. So it wasn't about, you know, so that idea you know, on paper or in a, in a deck, it was an idea and it made so much sense to me. And so, you know, I threw myself into it, you know, called all my folks, you know, and um, we worked with an amazing guy. I, I had done some Boost Mobile commercials mm-hmm. uh, with Kanye and mm-hmm. Kanye game. And it was another artist. And the guy who ran that, the CMO, his name is Daryl Cobbins. And he just, when I pitched it to him, he just understood. It had nothing to do with the commercials we were shooting, but mm-hmm. I just kind of knew he was the, the kind of guy who understood that. And um, before you know it, they funded us. And we, you know, were at Radio City Music Hall. Then we went to the Fox Theater in Atlanta. Then we went around the world. Wow. Australia, Africa, France, London, uh, South America. It true it, it, we're in uh, Japan. So it, it really um, resonated and, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours. And when you actually go there um, and you, you, you go out there for those four hours, and you improve it so the kids who live in that community can enjoy it and you see them come in and their eyes are like, oh my God, this is for us. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, the goal was to show people that, listen, I know you came for this concert. That's what kind of got you here. But this is what it feels like to help people. This is the power that you have to change the world. And then That's incredible, yeah. Great concert. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, that's it's such a fun, good man. It's yeah, really fun. and like make me want to like. I feel like joining right now. Like that sounds so. That sounds so awesome. Like the way you're able to help people, and like you said, the way music like connects everyone too. That's really awesome. That's it, right? That's the thing that connects us all. Mhm. So powerful. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. That's an incredible organization. Um, so what advice would you give to aspiring directors? Um want to join the industry what what advice would you give them um um i'm asked this question from time to time and you know the advice i would give would be to focus on craft mm-hmm. really learn whether you're reading about filmmaking or watching a master class or, or however you or watching movies, which is a great uh, way to study. 
mm-hmm. and then do it. Like the beautiful, the thing that I love is everybody has the ability to be a filmmaker because your whole crew is in your pocket with your phone. Mm-hmm. What is this when we started? You know, because we had to beg, borrow, and steal to get equipment. But you have some of the most prominent filmmakers in the world shooting on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, uh, High Flying Bird, which is mm-hmm. on Netflix. Yeah. Um, which just shot on an iPhone. And this is a this is a filmmaker that could use any anything that he, he wants to. Mm-hmm. Any form, the red, the Alexa, the whatever it is, he could use it. He's he's earned that that uh, right. That's the world that he lives in, and he decided he wanted to tell the story in this way. And I would just say, shoot it. You know, shoot a movie every month. You know, and mm-hmm. go through the that that you know work for a movie company as an intern or a PA to to be around it, to uh, understand it, just just dive into the craft of what you do and understand story. Like, uh, a long, uh, I'm sorry I've been giving such long answers. Oh, no, this you is great. You questions. <laughs> Thank you. But um, I just think, you know, just dive into it and have your eyes open and fully immerse yourself in the craft. That's incredible advice, and I def- I really liked what you said about filming a movie a month. I was like, whoa, like that. I, my mind was blown. I was like, wow, that's really good advice. That's really cool. Yeah, man. You know, I guess I I just love it. You know, the the other thing is is too is like if you don't love it, then you know, I I never understood when I was younger where people would go. You should look at all the other things that you could possibly do that you kind of like. And if you can't get past this thing, I think I heard an actor say it, then do it. But you have to be able to weather the bad times because it it won't be all good. But, you know, what gets you through is your love Mm -hmm. for it, you know. So... That's that's what I would say because you you'll know like if you immerse yourself in the craft and you are like nah, I don't feel like doing this today then you'll know you'll know it'll come around to, mm-hmm. to the point where you're like maybe this isn't for me but when you do man it's the most beautiful thing in the world yeah that's so awesome um, so in addition to the LeBron James project that you mentioned. What other projects do you have coming up, and maybe what drew you to either create or to join the project? I'm working on a feature now uh, that's based in Baltimore, where I'm from, called Rat Boy. <laughs> it's a cool script and a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, another another feature called Cutters. Um, just like we said, you know, both of these are about you know younger people and. Cutters is about a crew of people, crew of kids who cut grass, and there's a uh, kind of a bigger meaning to the patterns that they cut into the grass. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Got a little sci-fi in it, but, um, you know, definitely coming of age. Like you said, been working on this LeBron project called Shooting Stars about his, 
about his life, you know, between 13 and 18. Mm-hmm. He went from AAU to high school to the pros because, you know, he skipped college. Mm-hmm. Um, and working, working with those guys over at Spring Hill is awesome. Um, they're just really smart execs over there at LeBron's company. And, um, you know, a lot of things. There's also um, the Uptown Project that I'm connected to. Um, you know, Andre Herrera just passed. Um, mm-hmm. And the Uptown, he created Uptown Records, which is just an amazing story that, you know, definitely affected my life. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a, you know, I think, you know, once again, part of what we do is, you know, you have products in different stages and um, that's what, that's just kind of what's on the robot slate right mm-hmm. now. Those all sound really interesting. And like I said, I literally, I can't wait <laughs> to watch all those projects on the big screen and on TV. Um, so what's been the most difficult challenge you faced in your successful climb to success in the entertainment industry? The most difficult challenge I've faced is learning how to get out of my own way. You know, there's a saying that it takes a certain amount of of time to understand how to be yourself in your art. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, we borrow from other artists and we're inspired by people, but how do you get down to what you are is, um, is, is what takes time and that you grow into. So yeah. I think, I think for me, it, it's it's that. And, you know, just being conscious and, um, you know, and, and understanding of what you do is important and how you present your art and, 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 and what you put into it is... Uh, it's, it's really a gift to be able to communicate that to people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's it. Like, you know, that's what you learn. Like, you know, listen, if you're steady, you'll learn the craft. You'll mm-hmm. learn, you know, and you'll learn what you need to learn, you know. Because of music video, I know lenses and I know camera, but you don't need to know that necessarily. But for me, I, I needed to know that to feel confident about what I was talking about on set. You learn mm-hmm. to write, you learn story, you learn, you know, uh, you become inspired, you know. Many people wouldn't know, you know, you never know what inspires somebody. I did a video for Nas called One Mike, mm-hmm. and what really inspired me was the story. Uh, I went to South Africa and learned the story of the kids um, who, uh protested because they wanted to be taught in their own language. Mm, but because mm-hmm. of apartheid, they wanted them to learn in Afrikaans. And um, the the police came out and uh, some children died that day because some, the police were shooting wow. in the crowd. <clears throat> and, you know, you may think like, man, you, that inspired a music video? But it really did because the mm-hmm. song affected me that way so you know being able to be inspired and communicated in that way 
that was one of those times that I felt like I, I understood the degree of who I was. And, you know, I would be enamored with other people's work, like, oh, man, I wish I could shoot colors in this way or, you know, like I would be on a stage and shoot a complete uh, choreographed, you know, music video. But, you know, I was really more about story and emotion and tone and that informed my career and that's when I started to really you know you know you're always inspired by others but really kind of came into my own as far as the way I wanted to tell stories yeah that moment I think helped me a lot yeah I love how you the South African story is really interesting I didn't know about that it's definitely, it's definitely cool you were able to, like, link real world, kind of you said again, like, connecting people, like, linking a real world event to that song, to that music video is super awesome. Well, thank you. So, last question, what's one thing you did not know before becoming a director that you wish you had known? Hmm. That <clears throat> the experience is as important as the end result. The experience for you as the director and, you know, communicating your vision. If you're working for someone, an artist on a music video, a network on a television show, a studio with a feature film, it's good to be cognizant of the experience. <laughs> and um, there was a time in a particular project where <clears throat> it was very ambitious what we were trying to do. And my focus was on the end result only. I was like, we're going to do this. The truth is we don't have enough time to do it. We don't have enough money to do it. But this vision is so important and this artist is so important that I'm going to will it to happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, it worked. But the experience for the artist was not positive and I I have yet to work with that artist again. Mm-hmm. And that's 15, 15 years ago. And I oh, love wow. this artist. Mm-hmm. And I love this, this human being. But I learned a valuable lesson, which was, you know, it's, and this is for me. I mean, listen, there's a lot of people who don't subscribe to anything except the end result. And um, maybe... You know, when you put the scoreboard up, maybe it only matters, you know, to some people like, hey, you know, this is my box office numbers or this is my amount of awards. But the kind of just person that I am, that matters to me. Mm-hmm. It affects me in a way that um, makes me makes me know. I've been through it to make me know, you know what? The, the experience is just as important 
and that could mean just being efficient um, so that there's a certain amount of trust to the people who are giving you that opportunity or giving you that that budget or just, you know, what's even more important is just the creative between the actor and the director or the artist and the director or the writer and the director, that there's a, there's a certain way that you communicate and listen. And that's a, a lesson I had to learn. It was a tough lesson I had to learn. And it didn't make me any less tenacious at what I did, but I also always understood that there's a way to lead and there's a way to inspire confidence. Because, you know, even the people in the crew, they could be anywhere. They could mm-hmm. be doing anything. And people need to believe in what's happening and and give value to themselves that they're a part of it. Mm-hmm. And if it's just, uh, you know, you hate coming to work because of the environment, I think it affects the film or it affects the project in some way. So I keep trying to make shorter answers, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I wish I knew early. But I think you got to learn these things as you go. I completely agree. I think I agree with the end result is as important as the experience. I think that's a good like life advice. Um, for everyone. So I, I completely agree. This has been the best time. I know I learned a lot once again, and I know everyone else will. I can't wait to see all of your upcoming projects. Chris Robinson, everyone. Hey, thank you so much. It's been a, been, been a good afternoon. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Chris is such an inspiring and positive person And we've all got to keep an eye out for his awesome upcoming projects. Okay, like I know I am. Everyone, go check out all of Chris's amazing work from the Netflix film Beats to his rock core organization and everything in between. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dom's Club. Follow me and the rest of Dom's Club at DominiqueMobley.com. Dom underscore Mobley on Instagram and Twitter and Dominique Mobley, no spaces between the Dominique and Mobley on YouTube. See you next time at Dom's Club and until then, enjoy life. Mm-hmm.